Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. I've, I've been preparing this message for several months and actually had it on my spirit for longer than that. Uh, many people know I've been announcing it. Um, so we're going to get right into it to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, if you would. And uh, there could have been many titles. Uh, God really moved in the first service. Um, we had tremendous anointing, and the Spirit of God spoke to many people. The altar was full. I believe he's going to do the same thing in this service. And I want to talk about some things this morning that are affecting our society, affecting uh, the way we live, affecting the way people uh, think. And I want to go straight to the Bible about it. So I'm going to put up the title, which could have been many things, and I kind of, this kind of sums it up called The Whole Truth. How many want the whole truth and nothing but the truth this morning? We don't want to be a church that has half-truths, because how many know half-truths are half-lies? We need the whole truth. And I really believe for teenagers, young people, older people, everybody that's here is going to receive something from this. And uh, I, want to, I want to get right into a verse right off the bat. I want to kind of, kind of just hit you right off the bat with where I think and believe our nation is headed. And what I believe is coming to our nation, not because I want it to, but because it is. And we're going to pick up in 1 Corinthians 10, and we're going to read some verses here. How many know the Old Testament is an example to us? The Old Testament, the New Testament is revealing what the Old Testament was. And so when the Old Testament had stories and things going on, it was for us to see in the New Testament and look back and learn from the mistakes. Just like we're supposed to learn from people's mistakes in our lives, our parents or different people. So I want to pick up in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 1 and watch what this says. Moreover, brethren... I don't want you to be unaware that our fathers were under the cloud. The cloud, I'm going to throw a few things in here for understanding, is, is the symbol of the Holy Spirit in his presence, the presence of God in the Old Testament, and all passed through the sea, which would have been turmoil, tribulation, troubles, problems. All were baptized into Moses, which today would be Jesus. Moses was a type of Jesus. And in the sea, sorry, in the cloud and the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food. This is our spiritual food this morning, the Word of God. And all drank the same spiritual drink. That's the Holy Spirit. For they drank, watch this, this is important, of that spiritual rock that followed them. And this is key, and I want you to leave this up for just a moment. That rock was Christ. How many followers of the rock do I have this morning? How many believers in the rock do I have this morning? The, believe, the, the, the man, Jesus Christ. Amen? So he, they're saying that the rock, Christ, is the one we're supposed to follow. But watch what verse 5 says. But with most of them, and this is an interesting thing. It didn't say some. With most of them, God was not well pleased. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. So as you see here, before we keep reading, you have people who follow Jesus. The presence of the Lord is there. The Holy Spirit's there. You have people who do what they want, and they're scattered in the desert. When you follow God and you do what God wants you to do, it's a very simple thing. As Pastor Mario was saying, the blessings of God follow you. Provision follows you. Peace follows you. Joy follows you. A way out follows you. When you disobey God's word, problems follow you. Struggles follow you. Things happen that you don't want to happen. So he's basically saying, as he did in Exodus, I'm putting before you life and death this morning. Choose life. Let's keep reading. Now these things became examples. 
to the intent, and here's the key, that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us, and I would underline this if I were you in your Bibles or make an emphasis in your notes, let us commit sexual immorality. As some of them did, and look at this, in one day, 23,000. Now, this is important. I didn't even say this in the first service. This particular day where 23,000 people died had to do with sexual immorality. Directly related. Keep reading. Nor let us tempt Christ as some were tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain as some of them complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now this is the most important part I want you to see out of this entire uh, passage of scriptures outside of who Jesus is. All these things happened to them. What I'm trying to show you here is this verse was telling them back then what had already happened. It's telling us today what's going to happen. And he says these things happened to them as an example. How many know it's better to learn from somebody else's mistakes than learn them yourselves? And it says they were written for our admonition. I'm going to look for some participation today. Would you say the word admonition? Some people don't know what that is. I want to emphasize the word admonition. Authoritative counsel or warning. This message that I prepared this morning is an authoritative counsel from the Word of God, and it's a warning. You know, warnings are important. Warnings of a tornado, warnings of fires, warnings of a hurricane coming, warnings of financial distress coming. We get warnings all the time. We don't always listen to them. This is a warning, and it says, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Now, as I've been praying about this and dealing with this message and what the Lord has put on my heart is as I look at our society and I see what's going on, I see two things, two specific things that God is very upset with. And there are two very specific things that, are go- that we have to deal with in our society and God is going to deal with, and this is why I believe that wrath, the wrath of God is coming to our country and the judgment of God. These two things, if you'll write them down, are this, and I'm going to go back to both of them. Number one is sexual immorality. And the second one is, and actually inside of sexual immorality, you might write down perversion. Here's another one, and this is a big one, sexual confusion. People are sexually confused today. And another part of this, number one, sexual immorality is this, seducing spirits. There are seducing spirits, and those spirits are demonic. Amen? They're demonic spirits that are seducing people. Number two, so the first one is sexual morality, all those things I said. Number two, abortion. The killing of innocent babies. Now, I want to give you two key scriptures if you go to Genesis chapter 2. How many know if we want to know what God's will is for us today and we want to be in the right place with God, we have to go back to the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God had his plan. We know his plan was perfect. We know in the garden is where everything failed. 
But before the fall of man, before Adam and Eve made the mistake, and that's a whole other message in itself, before they did that, God instituted something that I want to hit home today, and I want to be very clear about it. And we as Christians and believers must be understand this. With all the chaos that's in our society, with all the things we're hearing in our society about sexual confusion, about abortion, about all these different things, I want to look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 21. Watch this. And the Lord God, and actually right before we read, before this happens, God has created Adam, and he says it's not good for man to be alone. Although I would say in some situations over the years of people I've known, some people need to be alone. Amen. Don't nudge nobody. So he says it's not good for man to be alone. He says I need to make a helpmate for Adam. And this is the definition, this is the picture of who God intended for Adam to be with. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. That's why I call my wife my rib. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. Now watch this with me. I need some participation. The rib which the Lord God had taken from the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, male, he made into a female. Just in case I know teachers would do this in class, just in case we didn't read it right. Just in case we're not understanding what God's definition of marriage is, it says God made man and then he took from man and made into woman and he brought her feminine to the man male. Are, you reading, are we reading English here? And, and Adam said, now, this is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of man. So say it again with me. She, female, shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And watch the next verse. Therefore, I know this is kind of repetitive, but maybe God did this on purpose. A man shall leave his father male and mother female and be joined to his Who? Wife. And they shall become one flesh. That is God's definition of marriage. So the two things that have been attacked in God's plan for life is the covenant of family and marriage. And inside of the covenant of family, the attack on children. Did you get those two things? The attack on the covenant of marriage and the attack on children. Those two things are very dear, and they're the very first things that happens in the Bible. Now, as we look at that with Genesis, then we would go over to see abortion. Genesis chapter 4. Abortion is murder. Thank you for that one lonely amen. Abortion is murder. I don't care how you define it, how you try to fix it, it's murder. And we see in Genesis chapter 4, the Bible's first murder. And I really want you to pay attention to this. Genesis 4 verse 8. Cain 
talks with Abel. So Cain and Abel are Adam and Eve's kids, boys. And they have a, a, a tiff, they have a wrath, they have a problem, they have, they have a fight. They do what a lot of boys do, a lot of brothers do fight. But Cain went a little further. And it came to pass that when they were in the field, Cain rose up against Abel and, watch this, his, his brother, and killed him. Now this is the key verse. Next verse. And the Lord said to Cain, these next two verses, Where's Abel, your brother? This is what our problem is in society today. We don't want to answer God the right way. We want, to, we, want to, we want to act as if God doesn't know everything. We want to try to act as if God didn't see what we did. He says, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? You know what that means to me? I'm not guilty. I'm not, this is an excuse. Don't hold me accountable. Okay? That's a whole other message. But watch this next verse. This is very key. What you have done, the vo- watch this, the voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now I want to ask you a question this morning. If the blood of the first murder on this earth of a brother killing a brother who were both consenting probably at least young men, not boys, not kids, not infants, if the blood of Cain is crying out to God from the earth, I want to ask you how much more is the cry of the unborn baby crying out of the ground to the ears of God? How much more? A lot. It's very serious. So sexual perversion. Let's go back to that. Let's go to the sexual perversion and sexual immorality. And right before we get in it, I'm, I'll tell the person next to you, nobody's getting off the hook. God's word is for everybody. So listen. Anything. Say that word with me. Anything. That is done outside of the covenant of marriage between a man and a woman is sin. Pornography. Lust. Obviously, fornication. Some people don't know the definition of what fornication is. Fornication is two people having sex outside of marriage, out of a marriage covenant. Adultery is one of the other having sex outside of the, of the marriage while they're married. Anything, say that again with me. Anything done sexually outside of a man and a woman together in God's covenant is sin. Say it just one more time for me. Anything. So you might say, well, I don't do this, and and I don't do that, and I'm not that lost, or I'm not that far. Anything outside of a man and a woman in covenant of marriage is sin. Let me just give you a disclaimer, because I can see the clouds on your heads this morning. I can read them like a text. This message is a warning, and you do what you want with it. I'm only the messenger. I take the message first. But you don't have to receive it. You don't have to agree with it. But one thing you're going to have to say when it's over is it's God's word. I'm preaching God's word. And I'm preaching it straight from his word. But here's what I see in our society today. We have a lot of sexual confusion. The seducing spirits of sexual immorality are rampant. 
This doesn't mean that this did not exist in the Old Testament because it did. Uh, homosexuality and, and, and intermarrying and, and, and adultery and all these things happen. But let me tell you something. We're at another level today. Because I, I, I look at it and I think about what, the, what uh, science tells us is this. A biological female has two X chromosomes and a biological male has an X and a Y. And that's the two people that God mentioned in the Bible that are genders. A male and a female. Okay? And so today people might say, well, we've got all this stuff going on with all these genders and transgender and all the names. And what does the Bible say about that? Let me tell you what the Bible says about it. Nothing, because there's only two genders in the Bible, male and female. There's only two. Yet society today, as I was reading on the way here to get the most current number, says there's 60 to 80 genders. 60 to 80 genders. And just a few years ago, probably three or four, I preached a message, not exactly like this, but along these lines, there was 27. And I thought that was a lot. Because that's 25 more than there are. Can I get a better amen? It's, I heard the word shocking. It's shocking and it's stupid. It's beyond ration. It's beyond understanding. I, my neck is sore from shaking it. Amen. It's unbelievable that these people, these doctors even, can start to, 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 to basically just talk to somebody. Here's what happens. In a, in, in, a, in a meeting, and they tell them something, how they feel, and they go, oh, let me write that down. There's another one. And they just add another gender. Go in your own time. Don't do it now, please. Go in your own time and, and look that I'm not lying. And start reading some of them. You have to have a PhD to even understand what they're saying. And it, it, it's, it's literally just somebody dealing with a teenager or a young boy or a young girl and saying, this is what you are now. I haven't seen that one yet. There's another one. How does it grow from 2 to 27 to 60 to 80? Now listen here. Tell the person next to you, it's going to get heavy in here. The Bible does mention very specifically fornication, adultery, even homosexuality, even church, listen to this, bestiality. Do you know bestiality existed way back? Yes, sex with animals. That's in the Bible. They actually had to mention it. Don't commit bestiality. So don't think that that perverse minds is new, but we have taken it to another level because now they've invented all these different genders. Now, I want you to go with me to Romans chapter 1, and I want to show you some of the most clear scriptures in the Bible about how serious God takes sexual perversion. And just again, we are talking about all the different genders. We're talking about all the different sexual confusion, the seducing spirits of sexuality. But I want to remind you again, man that's here, look, look at me, men, because I can only talk to the men because I'm not a woman. I'm not a woman. Although today I could say I feel like a woman and I could be one. For reals. It's laughable and sad at the same time. 
Literally, I could say, I feel today, right? Feel, feel today like I'm a woman. Anyways, back to what I was saying. Man, look at me. If you are a man and you look at another woman, any woman, and you're not married, with lust in your eyes, you've committed sin. Look. Not touch. Look. If you don't think Jesus takes the Bible further than the Old Testament, go read the New Testament. He says, you have said that you shall not commit adultery. And so some of the guys are like, man, I've been looking at these pictures. I've been looking at these magazines. I've been kind of getting away with it. Jesus says, let me just throw that out the water. If you look at a woman with lust in your eyes, you've committed adultery. Look. So I'm trying to get you to understand how serious God takes sexual immorality because he is basically saying, you're taking my greatest gift I've ever given and you're perverting it. You're twisting it. And, 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 and so you have, how many know that you do have some, some what's the word, degrees? There's no doubt there's degrees. It's all sin, but there's degrees of perversion. I mean, it is at least natural for a man to look at a woman with lust in his eyes because that's why he said don't do it because he put that in us for us to look at our wives with that desire. But we go and we take these degrees, and let me tell you something. I believe today there's people sitting at desks trying to think of new things to make up. For reals. I think people are paying them to think of dumb things to add to this whole move and this agenda. But let's look at Romans 1. Watch this. For the wrath, say wrath. Don't like that word, do we? I don't. Of God is revealed from heaven. And by the way, none of us know what wrath is. We've never seen it. Thank God. Because if we saw it, we wouldn't be here. Because when the wrath of God comes, it consumes everybody. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against what? Ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because they may be known of God, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, that's back to Genesis, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. Watch this. This is key. Underline this. So that they are without excuse. Church, nobody's going to stand. Nobody in the world, atheist, Satanist, whatever, no one's going to stand before God and say, I didn't know. Nobody. Nobody. Let's keep reading. Because though they knew God, this doesn't mean that they necessarily really knew God. They knew of God. They didn't glorify him as God. How many people do you know that say they love God, but they don't love his, his commandments? Oh, I love God, I love God, I love God, but you do whatever you want. For they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. And here's what's happening today. They become futile in their thoughts. And they're foolish. There's a good word for what I was talking about earlier. Foolish hearts are darkened. Professing to be wise, they become fools. 
and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed. You know what this means to me? Anything goes today. Have you noticed that anything goes? Leave that for right here for one second. Just squirm, a little, just squirm a little bit in your seat like that. Just, just readjust or something. This is how I wanted you to be. This is how God wants us to be because this is serious. I'm watching, I don't watch any TV. I just watch sports. And when I watch sports, sometimes I, sometimes I get stuck having to watch a commercial. And it's unbelievable the commercials for sports. To see, anybody know what Fitbit is? Everybody know what Fitbit's a little thing that goes around your wrist and tells you how many, how many uh, steps you've taken and calories and all this stuff? Fitbit, get in shape. And I'm watching this commercial, and it starts off, I had to rewind it. It starts off with this guy dre- dressed in some crazy clothes, something gender, trans whatever, playing a keyboard with some funky music and all kinds of weird stuff going on, girls making out on the beach. I mean, all, nothing to do with sports, and it's for Fitbit. Start paying attention to the commercials of the agenda of sexual immorality that's being thrown at us for it to be okay. So anything goes. Next, next verse. Therefore, here's what happens. Here where we are, here's where we are today in 2022. And by the way, I've said this before, and I'm gonna preach this message like it's my last one. I've said this before, I don't know how we're still here, because I thought Jesus was gonna come already. That's how past due it is. God gave them up to uncleanness. He says, you want to do that? Okay. Go ahead. Do what you want. I made you. I gave you free will. Go ahead. How many know nothing goes undone? Goes done without penalty. Nothing happens without consequences. And so our society, soon church, is going to start paying the consequences for the craziness that's going on in this world. In the lusts of their hearts, he gave them up to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Amen? Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served, somebody shut that door please, and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Are you still here? Watch this. For this reason, God gave them up to vile. Later on in your own time, look at the word vile and see what the definition of it is. Vile passions. For even their women exchange the natural use for what is against nature. It's funny, as we read this, a lot of people, because they don't want the truth, say, well, where where does the Bible say anything about homosexuality? Uh, Right here. Likewise, also the men, so you can just pick on the women, leaving the natural use of the woman, which was defined in Genesis 2, burned, that's the key word, burned in their lust one for another, men with men committing what is shameful. And watch this, receiving in themselves the penalty of their error 
which was due. You will pay if you disobey. Some people are just doing their thing today. They don't want to have anything to do with God. They don't want anybody to tell them anything. Don't tell me what, don't just leave me alone. Okay, but you will pay for it. You will pay for disobedience to God. Is God a loving God? Absolutely. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. God loves people. He loves us. But he hates disobedience. Watch. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, this is what we're seeing today, God gave them over to a debased mind. To do the things which are not fitting. Now, I thank my wife for this verse because I didn't read it the other day. And I didn't read it in the first service, but it helps so much. Go to 32. Watch this. If you don't get anything else out of this message, get this. Who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who do what? Practice. Such things are deserving of death. Listen, church, I didn't write this. I'm just the UPS delivery man, not FedEx. My son-in-law works for UPS. That those who practice such things are deserving of death. Practice means you do it as a lifestyle. That was a good place to say amen. Not you made a mistake, not you messed up. Not, no, you're living in this lifestyle. You practice it. It says, not only, watch this, this is key. Not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. See, it's our job as Christians to, yes, love people unconditionally, but you say, I love you unconditionally, but you're wrong. Cannot tell somebody biblically, I love you unconditionally, and not tell them they're wrong. Because you know what they're going to do one day? They're going to point at you as they're headed to hell and shake their fist at you and tell you, why didn't you tell me I was wrong? I'd rather have you mad at me now than have you mad at me later. This is the word of God. So write this down. We are responsible. How many are still here? You good? This is from the Lord. This is the state of the union, almost state of the church, state of the world. <clears throat> Watch this. We have in this place today, several that I can think of, people who used to be drug dealers. Drug pushers, they call them. What does a drug pusher do? Pushes drugs. We also have some police in here who try to stop the drug pushers. When people are pushing drugs, what does a drug dealer want to do? He wants to push the people at, to go tell others about the drugs. And a drug dealer, if they're a good drug dealer, want to push the drug on everybody. So everybody in the neighborhood's on drugs. Because if you're pushing drugs, you want to make money. That's what drug pushers do. So today there's people pushing this agenda. The sexual agenda. 
Sexual orientation, sexual confusion, sexual perversion. And listen to this. Guess who one of the biggest companies in the world that's pushing this agenda is? Disney. Disney, Mickey, and Minnie. One of the biggest funders in the world of the sexual agenda right now is Disney. And they have bought all the stations. They own so many things. And they're a powerhouse financially. And listen to this. I think it's so sad that the devil takes the innocent things. I've seen the, the documentary and the biography on Walt Disney. He would be rolling in his grave, as they say, to see what they've done with his innocent company. I took my kids. My wife and I went just a couple years ago to Disney World. We love to go to the, He made that place as a place to leave society, go in for a day, and, 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 and have fun. It was all innocent. And look what they've done now. They've taken one of the most innocent things, and here's why, church, because they want your kids. Google it later. Search it later. You'll find on the page. Go push it. Don't do it now, please. Disney is pushing the agenda. And you'll see quotes from that. It says, yes, it is our intention for all of the kids to be understood about that. They're pushing. They're not even hiding it. They're funding it. They're funding whatever they can in Florida, where the big Disney World is, to be able to push the agenda to put into into, uh, kindergarten to tell kids that they can choose their gender. Kids in kindergarten don't know what gender is. Yet we're going to tell them as teachers, you can choose which one. And now there's 80 of them. I remember coloring in kindergarten and playing with blocks. That's only about 40 years removed. That's where our society is today. So, would you write this down if you want to? We need to boycott Disney. Lots of kids in this church. I know that hurts. We need to boycott Disney. We can speak with our wallets. It's an amazing thing, church. Listen closely. This agenda that's being pushed is about, I would say now it's probably grown. It's still less than 5% of our population, and it's loud. But there's a silent people in this country called the Christians who just keep standing back, and that's why there's no prayer in schools. That's why there's abortion. That's why all these shootings are going on, because Christians aren't standing up and standing in the gap and saying this is wrong. It's time for the church to stand up and say this is wrong and this is what the Bible says. Church, when you answer somebody, I know I'm kind of on finger, counting fingers today. When someone says, well, what, what about this? What does the Bible say about this? Learn to say this. This is what the Bible says. I need one more finger over here. Right? Do not answer, well, I think, well, my opinion is, we have too many opinions. That's why we're in so much trouble. We have so many opinions, there's 80 genders. 80. 
But church, we're getting to a place where we got to understand it's time to draw the line in the sand if we haven't already. I remember one day, this is a little funny thing to throw in just to lighten it up a little bit. About five or six years ago, I could be off on the time because it's very possible. But I was at, we were at the old building, and I, if anybody knows me, I love Cracker Barrel. I eat there every Friday after discipleship. I love their pancakes. That's, if you don't like them, that's why there's other places. But I love Cracker Barrel. And I remember hearing on the news that they had Duck Dynasty. Anybody know what Duck Dynasty is? The people who made the duck calls? Really strong Christians. Really, really boisterous Christians. And Phil, the leader, stood up one day a few years ago and said, homosexuality is a sin. And Cracker Barrel had Duck Dynasty stuff in Cracker Barrel. And Cracker Barrel said as a large company, we got to get Duck Dynasty off the shelves. And I was like, darn it. Why did I have to hear that? So I went to church the next Sunday, and I think it was like a Saturday, and I preached and I said, we got we to gotta boycott Cracker Barrel. And I didn't really want to, because I like Cracker Barrel pancakes a lot. You can kind of see a few of them right here. And guess what? The Christians stood up and started calling Cracker Barrel and said, we'll never go back to your store again. And by the end of Sunday that I said we boycotted Cracker Barrel, they put them back on the shelf. My boycott didn't even last 24 hours. So that's what can happen. I don't think that's going to happen this time with Disney, but it can. Not in 24 hours, but it can. If we start using Disney and we start going to the parks, I just said me and my wife went a couple years ago by ourselves. No kids. Love it. Not going again. I'm going to boycott it. There are some things going on out there. Is everybody okay still? There are some things going on out there in the world that are pretty cool that a lot of people in the church don't know about. One week when I was really sick, I, I found this out, and it was really cool. There's, a, there's lots of people doing stuff, but this one particular guy, I don't need to say the name. It doesn't matter. He was a Christian. He's going around, and he's boycotting places and doing things. And he goes, and he sets up right in front of Disney headquarters. Tell me that's not bold. And someone said, are you, are you crazy? He says, what are you doing? Aren't you afraid to stand up in front of Disney headquarters? He said, I remember a guy in the Bible named David who stood up to a man named Goliath and won. How many Davids do we have in here this morning that will stand up to some Goliaths? Amen? And listen, they're going to these places, and this particular one, I saw the video, they, they do some praise and worship, and then they do some testimonies, and then they street preach right there in front of Disney. And here's the cool thing. I would imagine Disney has hundreds of thousands of employees. How many know we got to throw some good news in with the bad? Probably have hundreds of thousands of employees. This man said that a, a big percentage of the people that are working for Disney are not okay with this. And they're boycotting their own country, their own, their own company. And they actually got a woman, you talk about boldness, to stand up on that stage in front of the headquarters of Disney who had worked there for 20 years and said, I am not okay with this, right in front of her own boss. That's boldness. That's what God is looking for, for us to say what's right and say what the Bible says. I'm going to push through this quickly on the agenda of Disney. The corporate president, Carrie Burke, I'm quoting her, says, going forward, we will make sure by the end of this year, 2022, that at least 50% of Disney characters will be LGBT. She's a homosexual herself, and her kids are, in her own words, pansexual and transgender. 
I'm sure she labeled them that. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think any kids wake up in the morning and go, Mom and Dad, we got to talk. I feel pansexual. Come on. Who's putting this stuff in their heads? The social media. Matthew 18, watch this. If you haven't noticed, I'm a little upset because I love kids. But you know who loves kids more than me? Jesus. Watch this. You don't think we're serious here? Jesus says whoever, whoever could be Disney, could be an uncle, could be an aunt, could be a cousin, could be a grandparent. This is a good time to throw in parents. Don't let your kids spend the night at other people's houses. You can take that for what you want. You don't have to take it. Guess what? Guess what I did? I'm, sometimes I'm smart enough just to, be, just to listen. I listened to my pastor, and I didn't let our girls spend the night anywhere. And they were mad at me while they were growing up, but they sure are thankful now because I never got molested. Hello? Take care of your kids. Because it says, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a millstone tied around his neck and be thrown into the depth of the sea. Whoa. Watch this. He goes on to say, whoa. He says, basically, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. There are going to be some bad things that are going to happen, but don't mess with my kids. They're dear to me. Innocent children. And I'm not even on the abortion part. I'm talking about sexual immorality. Church, in this kind of a church that we have, which is a God church full of lots of crazy testimonies, I know there's some people in here who have some hurts. I know that as I'm saying some of these things, you are people who have been through some things. Please don't take my anger at you. My anger's at the devil, and my anger's at whoever put those thoughts in your head. Did you hear me? Whoever put those thoughts in your head. Whoever was the person who, if they don't repent, is going to have a millstone tied around their neck. Because you don't mess with kids. We're all just a bunch of grown-up kids, aren't we? Well, what happened to us when we were kids? Woe to the world. Woe to the, by whom that offense comes. How many are still here? Here's a little added cool thing. Verse 10, most people don't know this verse. Take heed that you don't despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who's in heaven. That means kids are special. And then I can see the clouds. Well, how come God let those kids get hurt? Don't do that. Don't do that. If you did it, don't do that. Don't say, well, if God, if God loves them so much, why would he let those innocent kids get raped and hurt? And don't do that. Don't put it on God. It's never God's fault. It's people. It's sin. It's the sin nature. God's plan was perfect. 
Don't think because you were molested or hurt or raped or something happened that God doesn't love you. We live in a fallen world. Amen. Don't do that. You're never going to win against God. Amen? Amen? So we have a responsibility. Watch this. To say what God's word says. That's going back to Romans 132. Remember he says, if you condone it, if you will put up with it, if you're okay with it, you, you're, you're uh, uh, responsible. Okay? Those who approve of those things who practice them. Not only to do the same, but those who approve. So don't write this. I mean, write this down, but don't look at it for time. There's a story in the Bible in Numbers 16, 26, where Moses is dealing with the leaders uh, that he's with. They had leaders, just like we do in our church. And there was some sexual immorality going around. And God said these words to Moses. I want you to listen. He says, depart from these wicked men, or else you will be consumed in their sins. And that day... 250, it's in the book of Numbers, 250 leaders, not just common people, fell in, uh, Moses said, God, I need you to show them that you're real, and I need you to show them how serious your judgment is, and open up the ground and take them into an open grave right now, and the grave, the ground opened, and 250 men and women died, went straight in the hole. It's in the Bible. And God says, now, Moses, stay away from them and warn them, or you'll go too. That's why, as preachers, we're so adamant about this. And I don't know how preachers sleep at night that don't deal with these things. Because did you know that the Bible says that I and Pastor Mario and other pastors have a greater responsibility that we're going to have to answer to God for? So I'm not going to have God telling me, why didn't you tell him? I'd rather have you mad at me than God. Amen? You have to deal with this. This needs to be preached in churches. But you know what churches are preaching today? Come on in. It's okay. Oh, that's how you feel? And they coddle it, put a Band-Aid on it, say, that's okay, that's how you feel. No, you need to preach truth, the whole truth. The Bible says the truth will set you free, not sugar-coated preaching. The truth. Tell the person next to you, give him two more minutes. Isaiah 1.9, unless the Lord of hosts left a very small remnant, we would have become like Sodom. We would become like Gomorrah. You know why the judgment of God hasn't fallen on this country yet? Because of the remnant. Because we're here. We're holding the line. Now, abortion. 64 million babies have been murdered since 1973 in the United States of America. We're the world leader. Isn't that awesome? We're the world leader in so much, but we've become the world leader in sin. 64 million. Church, that's over 3,000 babies a month. Sorry, a day, not a month. That means today, on Sunday, 3,000 babies are going to die today in the United States of America. And over 300 of them are going to be in the third trimester. You don't think, we have babies in this church, they cry. You don't think those cries are coming up to God's ears all the time? If Cain's, sorry, if Abel's blood cried out, what's the baby's, what's the baby's cry sound like? 
How much longer? I almost titled this, How Much Longer? How much longer can God wait to deal with the people who are killing his babies? Look at Psalms 139. Take it off for one second, please. I I failed to mention this in the first service. Here's how cool America is. Only six countries in the entire world allow abortion on command. Guess who's one of them? Guess who the other ones are? Communist China, Canada, Vietnam, North Korea. That's good company in America. And we lead. Psalms 139. Watch this. If anybody has any doubts this morning that abortion is murder, and just in case you don't understand what the definition is of this, a baby, a, 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 a person is a baby, a human being at conception. Can you say that with me? Conception. And by the way, there needs to be a heck of a lot less conceptions today. Amen. Take that off for a second. This late, these two ladies stood up recently in a big mega church and, and, and stripped down to their underwear. And, and one, this one lady said, my body, my life, my choice. Sorry, my body, my choice. You know what I say to that girl? Shut your legs. Y'all didn't get that over here. My body, my choice. Don't have sex because you're going to have a baby. If you don't want the baby, don't have sex. Some, some people have aborted eight, ten. I saw a girl in, in social media with a shirt on and said, I have aborted proudly. I have aborted 20 babies. It's, it's unbelievable when you watch, and you can't watch, I can't personally watch too much of it. Every once in a while, the Holy Spirit leads me to see something, to go, oh, my God. Ladies standing outside of abortion clinics, or not abortion clinics, the, the pro, pro-life, saying, have that baby and kill the bastard. That's in the Bible, by the way, the word, okay? Are you kidding me? You think God's just going to keep putting up with that? Because they're not just, oh, I made a mistake or, or I was raped or, no, i just I just going to have babies so I can kill them. Now look at Psalms 139. If you don't think that a baby is a baby at conception, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Watch this. You watched me as I was being formed. In utter seclusion. As I was woven together. In the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Before, church. Before you were even born. Jeremiah says, I knew you before you were even born. And these people are saying, I've had 20 abortions. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment laid out before a single day had passed. If this hurts me, how much does this hurt God? 
And ladies, if you're in this place and you've had an abortion, God can forgive you. There's forgiveness. You can't unscramble scrambled eggs. You've made the mistake. Say, God, I'm sorry. And the blood of Jesus will cover you. The blood of Jesus will forgive you. Amen? Let it go. It's in the past. But it's real and it's serious. How much longer will the Lord let this go? I'm closing here. Here's a prophetic picture. I don't want this to happen, church, but it's going to happen. Isaiah 1-7. This is a picture of our country. A country, your country is desolate, God says. Your cities are burned with fire. Think of all the, all the, what are they called? Riots. Strangers devour your land. All the people that are coming in because they want to destroy our country. They don't want to come work here. In your presence, it's desolate and overthrown by strangers. In our God-fearing country, we have people coming in wanting to bring their religions into our country and change constitutional laws. And here's another one, Zephaniah 1. Here's a great picture of America. We think we can buy everything. We will answer for our cockiness and our pride. Neither silver nor gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's what? Wrath. But the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy, for he will make speedy riddance of all those who dwell in the land. In your own time, if you want to write down Nahum, N-A-H-U-M, that's in the Bible, chapter 1. It's possible you've never written it, read it. And also Amos chapter 1. Those are just a couple of homework chapters that you can read where it talks about the wrath of God if you want to see what the wrath of God looks like. We have not seen it, church, but it's coming. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I've got good news and bad news. The bad news is it's coming. The good news is God never pours his wrath out on his people. That's the good news. Anywhere you see in the Bible, I just want to end with this good news note. Anywhere you see in the Bible where God's going to pour out his wrath, he goes into Sodom and Gomorrah. He talks to Abraham. Abraham says, Lord, please, if there's 50 righteous men, don't destroy it. He says, I won't destroy it for 50 righteous men. And then he starts to be like an auctioneer. 45, 40, 30, 20, 10. That's what I feel like sometimes. I don't know about you. I feel like, is there 10 righteous people in this world that care? Or does everybody just want to do their own thing? He says, I won't destroy it for 10. And guess what? There wasn't even 10 righteous people. He destroyed it. We have to be the church that says, we'll be enough righteous people to keep the wrath of God coming on this country until we see the revival that God wants to see. Because that's the only thing keeping us here from the rapture happening. Amen? As the musicians are coming, would you just bow your heads? Our country and our world is lost, confused, deceived, led many times by demonic spirits. And today, we have a choice as a church to stand up. 
Everything I preached in this word, this message today is from the Bible. God will not be mocked. These people can be angry and upset and they can, they can offend the whole world, but we, we can't say what the Bible says. Well, the Bible is offensive because it causes people to make a decision. It causes people to say, you know what, Lord, you're God and I'm going to listen to you because you made me. You formed me. Lord, today, sexual immorality and confusion and perversion and abortion are rampant. And Lord, you will avenge these things and your wrath is coming on this earth. But before you come, Father, help us as a church to stand like that man that went in front of Disney headquarters and was not afraid and ashamed to speak truth. Like that Disney worker who was not afraid to lose her 20-year job with probably a very good compensation and a pension to say, I'm not okay with what my job is doing. Church, it's better to have your job hate you or people hate you than God. That's why Jesus said, you'll be hated for my name's sake. You can't serve Jesus and this world. You can't serve two masters. And today I ask you, who's your master? Is it this world or is it God? And if it's God, Joshua says, choose this day whom you'll serve. He says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's what God's looking for, some people, some men, some women in this place today. That If nobody else does, I'm going to stand, and I'm, just, and I'm going to do it in love. I'm going to do it in love. I, I, I do it in love. I love you. That's why I tell you I'm going to do it in love, but you're, you're, you're going down a path of destruction, and it's eternal. How many all across this place and possibly watching online this morning, you're not born again. I saw somebody sent me in the, in the church this week a really good thing. It said back in 1776, the United States was born. And then the next sentence says it needs to be born again. Our country needs to be born again. But you know what, church? Judgment starts with the house of God. 1 Peter 4 says, judgment starts with the house of God. That means we need to start saying, God, what can I do in my house? What can I do in my workplace? What can I do in my family? How can I be a light? How can I be truth? How can I help, help bind these demons off of these people's lives that are so confused? We're going to open these altars in a minute, and you're going to have a chance to come and talk to God and let God tell you what he wants you to do. But before we do, are you born again? Is your name in the book of life? How many in this place could say, Pastor, if I died right now, I don't know if I'd go to heaven, but I want you to pray for me. Just lift up your hand. All across this place, that's me. I see your hand. How many more? If I died today, I don't know where I'd go. I see your hand. How many more? Honest hearts. This isn't for me, it's for you. I'm not, you're the one that's going to stand before God. How many more? Maybe you're here today and you know the Lord. I see your hand. You know the Lord today, but you're backslidden. You're doing things today you said you'd never do. You've gone back to things you said you'd never go back to. That's me, Pastor. Pray for me. Just put your hand up. Put it right back down. I see your hand. I see your hand. That's me. Those that are watching online, God's a God of mercy. 
But you know why we have to talk about his wrath? Because if we don't understand his wrath, we can't understand his mercy. Wrath is what we deserve. Judgment is what we deserve. But the Bible says that he took that judgment on his body for us. That whosoever would believe in him wouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. As we stand to our feet this morning in respect and honor to God, we're going to open these altars in just a minute. And I, and I really know, not believe, I know that there's a lot of different emotions in here this morning. There's a lot of different feelings and thoughts going on. But here's the thing, church. When you hear the word feelings, that's the problem today is, well, I feel like this, and so that's a gender. Or I feel like this, and so that's a pill. Stop feeling and start making some biblical, godly decisions. Start lining up your decisions with the word. Not how you feel. Feelings is going to get you in trouble. What does God's word say? If you raised your hand this morning and you meant it, you need to be born again, either for the first time or you need rededication. Would you just find that nearest aisle? Just push past whoever's next to you and come on down here. I want to pray with you this morning. Come on. Hands were raised. Just step out and come. Come on. You raised your hand. You meant it. Step out. Let's pray for you this morning. If you'll confess me before man I'll confess you before my father that's in heaven but if you deny me before man I'll deny you before my father which is in heaven I don't know how else to take that verse it's probably talking more about outside the church but if we can't confess Jesus in the church I have a hard time believing we'll confess him out of the church I could be wrong for those that are watching online, for sake of time, say this with me. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Your word says I fall short of your glory. Jesus, I come to you this morning lost and without hope. But I know that you're the hope giver. I know you died on the cross for my sins. You took my place. You forgive me. You said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Today I confess that I need salvation. And I believe you rose from the dead so I could have eternal life. Please forgive me. Please wash me clean of all my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.